1: The Dallas Cowboys fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 19 to 3 in week one. What happened? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast.
2: You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every locked day.
1: Locked on. Locked on. Locked. Locked. locked on. Locked on. Cowboys. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the On Cowboys podcast, part of the On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out at McCool BCB. Landon, you had a chance to uh, sleep on the game last night. You get to watch the tape this morning. How are you feeling? I didn't do a, a ton of
0: great sleeping last night, uh, obviously. Uh, I did watch some of the All-22 this morning. Um, you know, I, I, I feel pretty down. And honestly, I, I'm sure a lot of you are, too. Just know that we're going to be here regardless for y'all. We're going to be the only thing that's consistent <laughs> about this team over the next 16 weeks. <laughs> Probably so. Suffering along with y'all. So uh, just know that you guys aren't alone out there. Uh, we're We're out here suffering with you, too.
1: So... Landon and I reacted to the Dak Prescott injury news last night in a podcast that came out. It's on Megaphone, excuse. Me, it's on your podcast apps. It's on YouTube. Go check that out. Um, we'll talk about that at the end, I'm sure. But let's today let's talk about the actual game. The Cowboys lose nineteen to three. What are the biggest problems on offense? You know? uh, where do we
0: start? I mean, I I, I I think for me, going back and rewatching the game as much as Everyone is like quick to confirm their priors on stuff. I think that the number one problem with the offense last night is that Dak played very poorly. I, I think he d- just had a very poor game, and you know, we can just have a discussion about you know wide receivers getting open and 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 creating separation. But I mean, going back and watching the all twenty two just real quickly, um, there were guys open. The guys were getting separation, and there were times when. Dak was delivering the football late and, and late in the window. And 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 it can feel like on the broadcast that those guys weren't open, but often it was because, I don't know, there were like two or three different passes where you see Dak like double clutch it and then deliver the ball late and gives enough time mm-hmm. for the defensive back to catch up to the receiver. There were times when Dak just wasn't sure or had to wait for the guy to actually, there was just too many times where I felt like the ball should have been out already and, da- and the receiver is gathering himself to stop. And by the time the ball arrives, the defensive back is on top of the, the receiver after creating separation. So that's what happened in the past game. In the run game, I, I think that it, it went well, but it just wasn't enough to sustain the offense by itself. Uh, and well, on top of
1: hit- that, on top of that, you had so many like pre-snap penalties and holds yep. and legal guys downfield but- that like, okay, now it's first and fifteen. Yeah, they get a nice six-yard run, but you're still in second and nine. Like, you're in unfavorable down and distances still. The crazy thing about that is that they overcame,
0: like, the vast majority of those. Like, in a way that they, they hadn't previously, it seems like. But yeah. they still couldn't continue the drives after that, right? Like, they would get into first and 15s or second and 16s, and then they would get, like, a nine-yard run and then a short pass, and they'd convert. Uh, but then they couldn't just keep that rhythm going and and, you know – it, you know, there's just too many key third downs where uh, the the ball comes out late. the The ball gets knocked away. Uh, you know, the the it's it's just a, a a miscommunication between the wide receiver and the quarterback or something. Uh, to me, you know, the offensive if, if we're talking about what what went wrong, you know, as much as what we were worried about the offensive line being a disaster, uh, wide receivers just not being able to do anything. I, I think. You know, there was some of that, but I mean, the vast majority to me was poor play by the quarterback and, and just an inability to kind of get get any kind
1: of rhythm going in the passing game. To me, it felt like Jack just didn't trust his offensive line. And sometimes it was warranted, other times it wasn't. Like, there were times where he had to clean pockets and he was just clutching and he didn't feel comfortable for, for whatever reason he did not play well. I think this is one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. Truly. I yeah, w- I, without a doubt. And I mean, it's one of those things too where we had talked
0: about it after the game where he has he has this thing where we've seen before where he ha- he struggles to start games early. And and this is what it looks like when he's struggling early. The funny thing about it is that the the, the opening drive was the best the best thing he did all night probably, or or at least w- one of the best things he did. And, but then after that from like Uh, the the second drive all the way to like, you know, middle of the third quarter, even uh, he couldn't do anything. Like he could, I mean, he could, that's, that's not, that's way over, over broad, but he was really struggling, struggling to find any kind of consistency uh, and, and really struggling to get the ball out on time. Well, I think the the Connor McGovern
1: injury was big because once McGovern went out Farniak, Matt Farniak there, seventh-round pick from Nebraska. He really struggled. And, I mean, I don't know how much he's been practicing at left guard anyways, but he gets into this game, he gives up six pressures, and now you've got a new starter at left tackle, a new starter at left guard with new receivers. And on top of that, Todd Bowles is just a crazy man. Like, some of the blitzes and stunts and stuff they were doing uh, was was tough to pick up, and I, Dak didn't feel comfortable, and it showed. I mean, he was – he was just off all game. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't I don't really, really
0: wish, I had, I wish I had more to say about it. Like, it just felt like there were times when that he wasn't let down and that everything was correct, and especially in some
1: key moments, and it felt like the thing that was breaking down was Dak, which is the The, the other thing that I noticed, and you can go back and watch it, especially like in the first half. Tampa Bay is not afraid of anybody that Cowboys had. With like, there, there's just a, such a lack of speed on the Cowboys' offense. And you look at the players, and it's okay. It's Noah Brown who runs a four-five-five. Five. It's Dennis Houston who runs a four-five-eight. It's Ceedee Lamb who's a four-five receiver. Like, they just weren't afraid of the Cowboys pushing the ball down the field at all. So you had a lot of guys just kind of sitting, you know, within ten yards of the line of scrimmage. It's really hard to operate and play football that way. If you've got to be precise and throw, you know, into really tight windows all game long at at the same time, they were getting guys behind the
0: defense. There was a, there was a a post route where they got the ball or they got the guys down the uh, behind the defense. It was the CD lamb. And because Farniak missed the swim move and, and Pollard couldn't get over to block the the splitsing linebacker uh, Dak couldn't get the ball off all the way that he needed down the field. There was, there was another one where, uh, uh, Noah Brown ran a corner route underneath a stop route, uh, behind a stop route, and 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 Dak just didn't see him. So they were getting guys down the field, but Dak sure didn't f- seem comfortable trying to throw no, into those guys. No,
1: he didn't. Um, all right, we'll we'll talk more about Dak and what the offense is going to look like over the next two, three, four months. But before <sighs> we do that, I know it's it's really depressing. Before we do that, we want to tell you about BrightCo. Uh, You don't want to be that guy that loses the engagement ring or the necklace or the wedding ring. The guys at Brightco Jewelry make buying insurance so easy that you can get the full replacement of that ring, no matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it. Go to bright.co forward slash locked on. It's the fastest and easiest and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. These guys at Brightco are absolute geniuses. They've made buying insurance for your engagement ring, your watch, or whatever so easy that you can get covered in two minutes on your cell phone. You won't find a better deal on great coverage that's super affordable. It's bright.co forward slash locked on. We all hate buying insurance, but for this one, it's just 5 bucks a month, two minutes on the cell phone at most and you can get the most comprehensive coverage out there. Check it out, bright.co forward slash locked on.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: All right, let's talk about the defense because I have some mixed feelings on the defense. Overall, they played pretty well. They gave up only 19 points in this game. They forced a turnover. They had a couple sacks. They held the, the... the Bucks to I think five field goals in the first was that first half first three quarters, um, but they had their moments where they just couldn't get off the field and Tampa Bay controlled the clock all game. What did you think about the defense?
0: Yeah, I mean it looks similar to last year, right? Where there was just you know getting on you know, up until the 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 positive side of the field for the the opposing offense, uh, they moved at will. You know they were taking huge chunks, and, and and as soon as they got to about the Cowboys, you know forty yard line, and things started to get more condensed. That's when things started really to slow down. That's when the Bucks struggled to kind of convert. That's when the Cowboys defense started to clamp down a little bit and was able to get off the field uh, through a series of, of of great third and fourth down plays, uh, and then some some turnovers. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I I think that's sort of very familiar Um, where I'd love to have seen some improvement. is just eliminating those chunk plays, you know, just like, I mean, not getting them to, to have to march all the way down the field before we kind of clamp down. But again, I kind of think that that's just the, the, the design of the defense, you know, they're not going to allow, they'll allow chunk plays, but not huge plays down the field, hopefully. And then once they, you start getting into that kind of condensed part of the field, that's where they become really, really difficult to move on yeah. and really difficult to score on. Um, I thought that the defensive tackle play was was uh, much improved than what we've seen previously. Um, I think that you know Micah Parsons made several big plays and at, at big points. Uh, I thought the coverage for the most part was was pretty okay. They definitely gave up some 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 chunks at times, but mm-hmm. uh, there was a couple of of really good plays by the defenders at, at, as well. Um, you know, I think that the defense did its job for the most part. I, I mean, against what we what we expected, uh, I, I think that they were you know re- they really needed an offense to kind of help them out, obviously, oh, yeah. and, and yeah. control the ball a little bit more would have I think helped overall. And it's it's shocking that they were able to, to, to hold them to nineteen points based on what the offense was doing.
1: So Tampa Bay never converted a third or four or longer in the entire game. That's Not a single one. The problem was. In the first half, Tampa Bay never got to third and four or longer. Like their first drive of the game, the longest third down they had was a third and one, which the Cowboys stopped them. That was the DeMarcus Lawrence tackle for behind the line, right? Next drive, they got to a third and five, and the Cowboys stopped them, and they kicked the field goal. Next drive, the longest one was a third and two, and they ended up converting it. They got to a third and five. Michael Parsons got the sack. But there was like four different drives where Tampa Bay had like nine plays before they even got to a third down that's where they've got to be better. Like they can't just get gashed on first and second down like they were early in this game. Yeah.
0: Especially now, you know uh, I mean, now that you don't have any kind of even a hypothetical backstop for, you know, points being scored by your offense or hoping to uh, a lot of control by your offense, uh, you're going to need to start clamping down and, 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 you know, getting the ball back and, and getting better field position for your offense. You know, I think that, I mean, it not that wasn't necessarily the Cowboys' problem, but that will be a problem going forward if you don't have Dak Prescott. Well, it didn't sure. help.
1: Their field, their field position in this game was awful all game yeah. long. And, I mean, part of it was because of penalties. Part of it was because the the return game wasn't good. But, like, the Cowboys were already, always starting inside their top 15. So, or, you know, inside their own 15. So that didn't help. Yeah, and it's
0: going to be something that's going to be, uh you know, Made worse without Dak Prescott for these next few weeks. You, you, you're gonna need to find a way to get this offense as best field position as you can if you want to win any of these games. So uh, they they need to kind of find a way to t- take that to the next
1: level uh, and just you know clamping down a little bit earlier in these series. Yep, uh, we should at least mention Micah Parsons because of all the players on defense and actually all the players on the team. I mean, he was phenomenal. I mean just I I I'm not quite sure I understood the game plan early on having him play a lot of traditional linebacker uh but right in the second quarter they had him playing on the edge and he disrupted the game. Back-to-back sacks, had a couple pressures. Um it was clear that Tom Brady was feeling him a little bit on the outside. I I thought he was amazing in this game. Yeah,
0: I think he had a 60% pass rush win win rate which is like twenty percent higher than than the, than the next highest guy, who I think was Shaq Barrett, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, wow. Well. Um. So, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, what is what else is there to say about this guy? I mean,
1: I mean, they're gonna need him to play like a general monster player
0: to, to have yeah. a chance, right? Absolutely. He's. I mean, it, it is what it is, and, and and now he's gonna need to kind of really take uh, this opportunity to to be a dominant player, show the league what he what he can do. Uh, Because the Cowboys really, really need him to kind of step up and and create and destroy offenses if they're going to have
1: any chance of winning any of these games in the next six to eight weeks. Why do you think their run defense struggled so much in this game? Because Leonard Fournette just torched him in this one. I mean, he was getting big run after big run, 21 carries for 127 yards. Tampa Bay rushed for 152 yards in this game. I mean, it could have been even more if they didn't have a couple of negative runs at the end. But why did they beat Dallas so badly in that part of the game?
0: Trayvon Diggs needs to play better in the run game. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I mean, they ran almost exclusively to that left side. If, uh, there was a stat they even put up there yeah, last night that, like, they had, like, almost 200 yards rushing or something, and, like, 110, 15-plus uh, was just on the left side. Uh, and I think it's because they, they 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 knew that the fits on the outside they, that that these defensive backs didn't want to tackle, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, I, uh, Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that was a huge portion of it. I mean that that the defensive backs on the outside were struggling to make tackles, and 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 that was picking up extra yardage. Um, I you know I I think. <sighs> I think that I I, I was kind of surprised by it. Honestly, I was surprised by the numbers, you know, because it it didn't seem like that necessarily in the game Um, when they needed to to run the football, they didn't do a great job at times. Again, it seems like all the yardage that they were picking up was on the, on the other side of the 50 yard line. So I don't know. I I mean, I, I think, like I said, a a huge percentage of it was happening all on one side of the field. Um, And I, and I, and, I can't imagine that it was just, you know, uh uh one or two players there because they were rotating the defensive line. So they must have found
1: something schematically that they took advantage of and yeah, I I think, think it the, was uh, I think it was a combination defense. of Dorrance Armstrong and Travon Diggs on that one side like let's let's go after these guys and they had a a lot of success doing it. So that's something that the Cowboys will have to clean up. Uh all right, let's uh let's talk a little bit more about what the next few months are going to look like. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Prize Picks? How does it work? All you have to do is pick two to five players. If they score more or less than the Prize Pick projection, you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on just about any sport you watch, including NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis. MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries could be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They are currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Pick app or go to prizepick.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON you deposit 100 they'll give you 100 you deposit 60 they'll give you 60 don't forget to enter promo code locked on it sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 dollars
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: All right, Lena. Um, We only have 16 more of these games left. I know that seems like a lot. Uh, but what's the plan now for the Cowboys? Because I, I have to assume that Dak is not going to be back out until at least after the buy, right? After their week nine buy. I think that's
0: safe probably.
1: So I how do you estimate. survive? Yeah. How do you, how do they survive? What's the goal? Do you make a trade for a quarterback? What do you want to say? I, I kind of think that you, you, you,
0: you, you go through this next game with Cincinnati and you see how you respond. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know that you trade for a
1: quarterback. That I mean, That's where I'm at because is a Jimmy Garoppolo going to save the season for you? No. And, and, and I think that I would rather have the draft
0: pick than watching Jimmy Garoppolo suck on our team for six weeks, you know? So it's not a, it's not a, you know, a pretty uh, a choice no. and it's not like, you know, exactly, you know, the, the, the decisions you want to be making. Um, I think you have to find a way to try to win some of these games over the next few weeks on with the talent you've got on this roster and I mean, hope for the best, you know, and hope you get Dak Prescott back. Hope that the NFC East doesn't pull it so, itself so far away from you that you don't have a chance to recover in the
1: back end of the season. Um, I mean, I think the, Oh man, I, I hate that. We're trying to be optimistic. I, if you, if you could get to four and four by the time Dak Prescott gets back, that gives you a chance. Three and five even gives you a slight chance that you come back and you make a little bit of a run. I just I – don't, I don't see it. I, I, don't, I don't see them getting to four and four, I, I, especially with some of the games coming up against the Rams and the Packers and the Bengals. Maybe you, beat the,
0: maybe you beat the Giants. Maybe you beat Washington. Maybe you beat Chicago and you win three games, right? Maybe. Um, maybe you can steal one from Detroit, you know, who looked much better than any of us expected. I think versus uh, Philadelphia, yeah. Philadelphia last week, this week. So uh, I, I honestly, I think at this point, you know, with a hurt quarterback, you have to lean into the idea that the ball is oblong and that the, the league is, is crazy uh, and that you have to just kind of do your best these week to week games. And then when Dak gets back, Hope that you can go on a run and and kind of kick it into high gear and 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 do something to make a push at the end of the year. Look, I mean, Philadelphia did something similar without injuring their quarterback last year, right? They, I think, they started out like two and six or something like that, and then ended up going six and two in the back end. So, um, or not, you know, those numbers don't matter, but something close to that, yeah. Um, I I think that that's kind of where the Cowboys are. I think that if you try to spin your wheels too much, to try to get a quarterback in here. You're gonna hurt your long-term outlet, outlook. The whole point of a lot of this stuff was to make get your outlo- out, long-term outlook in a good situation. So to risk all of
1: that now seems stupid. Like I would unless say, unless it's like a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. Like if it's for a late day three pick, I don't. Oh yeah. It. But yeah. if it, if you're saying like, hey, do you want to give up a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo for but, seven yeah. weeks?
0: Absolutely. Well, that not. that's the problem, right? Is like. Who are you getting for a fifth, sixth, six, seven round pick? Who like is moving the needle at quarterback?
1: Nobody. right? and like that's why this is Probably not going to happen unless unless you're just bringing in somebody that could help you a little bit that you like better than Will Greer. Like that's that's basically it. Garoppolo will would move the needle, but he's going to cost you a
0: second or a first round pick. Like, are you willing to give up that to like well, to rent you, a guy you, for th-
1: four weeks? I'm are you ready for this? I'm not. Is, does he even really move the needle? Like, let's say you make the Garoppolo trade. How many more wins are you expected to get with Garoppolo over Cooper Rush?
0: One? Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're talking Two? about
1: ultimate bottom line, yeah, it's like okay, it's great. You're now you're you're eight and nine, and you just lost a top fifty pick.
0: Yeah, I that's why I wouldn't lose. I wouldn't trade the pick for a quarterback. I mean, All
1: right, I think so, you just have
0: to take your lumps at this point. Oh unfortunately. yeah, yeah.
1: I, I mean. Listen, this is not a great case scenario for Cowboys to, fans to be in. We've been in it before in 2010, right? Uh, in 2015 and 2020, like you just got to kind of grind your teeth and get through it. But if you're – I don't want to say the season's completely lost. Like the, uh, the chances of Dallas making the playoffs have now dropped significantly, winning the NFC East. But – if you are a Cowboys fan, what, are you, what do you want to see over the next two, three, four months that will make you feel better about where the team is at?
0: I think you know, positive development of the younger, younger guys on their team. I mean, these guys are all going to still be going out there and grinding and playing. So uh, you know, any kind of improvement that you're seeing along you know, some of these young guys in the offensive line, some of the defensive guys, I mean, that's all positive stuff that's go- going to have positive impacts on your team in the future once Dak gets back. The whole point of the way this team is constructed is to be ramp, like we said, ramping it up into the time for the playoffs. To be, you know, kind of increasing the talent as the season goes on through experience with these young guys. So, what we would like to see is to, some continued development. I think it might be a little bit tougher for the wide receivers to do so without Dak, but I think the offensive line still can do its thing. I think all the defenders can still kind of develop as as you want them to. Um, so there is lots to watch. There is lots to see with this team. There may not be a lot of winning, you know, that's, that's the terrible, not fun, no good yeah. part of this. And, yeah. and honestly, like, I think for the people that are listening to this podcast, you're probably watching either way. Um, but I, I think, you know, if you're trying to look for some silver lining here, uh, you know, you're looking for the development and for, for, you know, things that will benefit the Cowboys in the future. Once their quarterback comes back.
1: And I actually hope like in the case of Michael Gallup, like somebody like that, maybe this slows yes. down the timeline, right? Like, and maybe for Tyron Smith, the same way, like, okay, Tyron, go we rush. were really hoping you'd be back in December. Let's, let's make sure you're healthy and your body's ready to go by 2023. Hey, Michael Gallup, we know that you might've been ready for week three. Let's get you ready for week seven. When we play to make sure you're a hundred percent. Like, I think, I think you have to start thinking about things like that long-term, um, so, uh, a couple other injury things that we should update fans about. Connor McGovern has a high ankle sprain. Steven Jones said one to two weeks. That feels optimistic to me. I I don't know about you, Landon. I I don't want to see Connor McGovern on the field in one week after a high ankle sprain.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, he called Tyler's Tyler Smith's thing a high ankle sprain too. So maybe he just doesn't know where where on the ankle is high. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's closer to Tyler Smith thing, I, I, I don't have a problem with it, but if it's a true high ankle sprain, he's not, yeah. I mean, you know, you broke a bone basically. Yep. You, you, uh, you've got, you'll be out for a while.
1: J Ron curse has a sprained MCL. He's going to miss somewhere between two to six weeks, which is a bummer for him. He was already dealing with a neck injury going into yesterday's game. I would have to imagine that means you're going to see more Izzy Makamu marquee spell over the next couple of weeks. Correct.
0: Yeah, I would say that that's the last game that those two guys are probably going to be inactive for
1: for quite a while. Yep. Uh, Terrell Basham has an injury that seemed pretty severe last night. I don't imagine we'll see him anytime soon, which probably means more snaps for Sam Williams. Likely, yeah. I mean,
0: defensive line, I mean, you you like Basham and you want that player back, but I think the defensive end spot
1: is a spot that you can kind of withstand a little bit of that and be okay. So the Cowboys are going to be going into Week Two without their starting quarterback. They're starting left tackle. They're starting left guard. Their number two receiver. They're starting strong safety. It's it's, it's pretty bleak already, Landon.
0: Yeah, and they're playing the uh, the former uh, runner
1: up of the Super Bowl. So uh, yeah. The good news is the Bengals looked absolutely horrific uh, on Sunday. So I mean, terrible. uh, Trust me, I watched every snap of that game. It was gross. Uh, all right. So we'll we've got a busy week. We're gonna do some questions on Tuesday. We'll get you ready for the game against the Bengals. Maybe the Cowboys can pull off uh, an upset at home. Uh, I would think that the Cowboys pass rush should have a big, a big performance in that one. We shall see. Season's not completely over yet, so make sure you're you're still following along and listening to the on Cowboys podcast. You should also check out check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. If you want to watch some teams and listen to some teams that actually have some hopes this season, Brian Peacock and former NFL scout, Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can follow our show on YouTube. You can check Landon out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.